has gotten his happy ending after searching for his birth mother for many years. With the story, here's Crystal Jose. I've been waiting 61 years. Pastor Paul Lavino's prayers to find his birth mother, Edith Widmer, after being put up for adoption at birth in Chicago in 1955, is finally answered. Pastor Lavino was Edith's long-kept secret. She finally told Kathy about a son approximately a year and a half ago. The only thing I knew was that she had gone to Chicago um, and stayed with her brother while she had the baby and then gave him up. When his father passed four years ago, that's when he uncovered more details of his past. I found the adoption certificate in their safety deposit box and that was the first time that I knew the name of my birth mother. It was Edith Bauer and it said she was from Twin Falls, Idaho. That prompted him to actively search for her. After many setbacks, he eventually found out Edith's married name and got her phone number. This led him to contact Kathy last week. I said, please call me because I think you might be my sister. And she said, I think you might be uh, uh, my brother. And she started crying. And when I called him and heard his voice, that's kind of when I kind of choked up. I just, I just knew. I knew it was him. She said, well, I hope we can meet sometime. And I said, how about if I come out tomorrow? Lavino met his birth mom and half-siblings yesterday at St. Luke's. And I wish I'd never had to give you away. I've regretted it many, many times. And I love you. A lot of times we don't know the why or the how, but God always knows the why and the how of everything, and he works it all out. Crystal Jose, Idaho's First News. Amen. Good morning. God is good. My name is Paul Lavino. I'm Beth Lavino's husband, Ryan Visconti's son and father-in-law, and Amy's father. Most importantly, I am a child of the one who has the most wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I wanted to show that video this morning because, as you can imagine, finding my birth mother at age 61 was priceless. Basically a one-of-a-kind experience that, for me, has magnified a hundredfold the faithfulness of God and his incredible heart for people. He loves you. Isn't that good to know? God loves you, and God loves me. So today we're going to talk about the faithful heart of God. God doesn't have to try to be faithful. He is faithful. Now some might think it's a bit presumptuous to say that we can know the heart of God. But we know that from Scripture that God knows and searches our hearts. We know that, but can we really know the heart of of God? And the answer is yes. Because in the New Testament, Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, out of, out, of, out, of the, out of the abundance of the heart, that words that the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of our mouth describes and explains what's in our heart. And that's why for me, after meeting my birth mom, and we called the news to come there and without any prompting or what did she say when the news lady said, uh, Edith, tell us what you're thinking about this. And she said, I wish I would have never had to give you away. I've regretted it many, many times and I love you. That's all that I needed to know about my beginning. I knew my birth mom's heart. It meant the world to me. 
You see, our words do reveal our heart. And this is also true of God. God's words, the words that, are, that we find when we read the Bible, the words of God reveal his heart to us. What God has spoken in his word reveals his heart. And knowing God's heart really does change everything for us. It's a game changer when we really, really know God's heart. Because knowing his heart really does change everything. As I read my Bible, we, there's a lot of different attributes of God. We, we, we find that he, is a, he has a generous heart. He has a gracious heart. We also find out that God has a pursuing heart. That's one of the characteristics and attributes of God that just blows me away, to think that God, the God who created everything and needs nothing, he pursues me and he pursues you. That's why you're here today. God has pursued you. Even when you were lost in your sins, he was pursuing you and he continues to pursue you. Some of you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, but you're here today because God, through his Holy Spirit, Spirit is pursuing you. God has a pursuing heart. Now today I want to talk for a few moments about the faithful heart of God. In Lamentations 3, Solomon wrote, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Just think of it. With each new day, God gives us a chance to prove once again that he is a faithful God. And throughout history, God's never failed. He's never once been proven wrong. God's faithfulness is new every morning and every single day. That's why a lot of you get up and you say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because the God that loves me and the God that I serve is a faithful God. Can I hear an amen? amen. To be faithful means to be reliable. It means to be steadfast. It means to be unwavering. The opposite of being faithful is to be ever-changing, to be wishy-washy. Can I just say right now, God is not wishy-washy. Can I hear it? Amen? amen. Psalm 119 says, your word, Lord. David said, your word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all. Generations. What does that mean? It means that what God spoke 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, what God spoke stands today. It doesn't change. David is saying here in Psalm 119 that God's faithfulness is equated to his word. To the words that he has spoken equates God's faithfulness. What does that mean? It says that when God says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. In other words, God says what he means, and he means what he says. When God says he'll do something, he does it even if it seems impossible. God can always be trusted. Let me say that again. God can always be trusted. Because he always keeps his word. 
Tell your neighbor, you, God always keeps his word. Come on. God always keeps his word. And now turn to the other neighbor and say, and so should you. <laughs> Amen. I said earlier that God doesn't even have to try to be faithful. Why? Because God is faithful. We all know that God is love. God is also faithful. He doesn't try. He just is faithful, which means he does not change. That's the immutability, the immutability of God. He doesn't change. Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. That's good. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. So my purpose today in, in our talk is to give us some tools so that we can know and experience the faithfulness of God in a new way, or maybe like never before. With that said, the best way to trust somebody's heart or someone's character is to get to know them. That's the only way that you can trust somebody is to get to know them. You know, I, I would never, when I'm in line at the bank, just give some total stranger my ATM card and my PIN card. I would never do that to a stranger. Why? Because I don't know them. I don't know their character. I don't know their hearts. I've been pastoring the church in Ahwatukee for 26 years. Let me tell you, there are people at the New Life Campus today, Future Generation Campus in Ahwatukee, that I would give my ATM card to. I would give my PIN number. I would give my credit card. I would trust them with my life. Why? Because I know them. Even though Giovanni, your new youth pastor, is from Chicago, I'd still trust him with my ATM card because I know his heart. And that's how and why it's so important that we get to know God better. Because to know God is to trust Him. And we want to trust the Lord. As followers of Christ, if we fail to grow in our relationship with Him, we won't know His ways. We won't know His word. We won't know him. We won't really truly know his heart. And it's going to be very tough for us to trust him, especially when things get hard. I think about tithing, for example. I know that Pastor Ryan talks a lot about tithing because it really is a great area in our life to trust God. Over the years, and I've been in full-time ministry since 1978, Go ahead and do the math. I was a really young preacher. Amen. But I, I've, I've discovered and I've seen and experienced that there's a lot of people that do not tithe and they don't give above their tithe. And, and, and it's not because they're not saved. It's not because they don't love God. It's because they don't trust God. They don't, they're not convinced that he can be trusted. And you know what that is? It's so sad that you can't trust your dad. God thinks this is so important that he says, trust me, test me, that I will not bless you in an incredible way if you'll bring me the first fruit. In Malachi 3, he says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heavens and armies, I will open up the windows of heaven 
for you. Not just for the pastor. Not just for a leader in the church. He says, I will bless you. I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me. Put me to the test. I want you to trust me. Again, it doesn't mean that we're not saved and we don't love God, but it probably means that we're not convinced that he will be faithful to his word. And listen, this is so important because God wants us to trust him. God wants us to trust him. And so he says, put me to the test. It's about faith. You know, there's something about faith that God treasures above everything else. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. I am so grateful and thankful that the Bible doesn't say without being perfect, it's impossible to please me. No, without faith. Because you see, if it was perfection, then we would go into legalism. Legalism is man's effort and man's attempt and human effort to be right with God. But that's called legalism. We don't have to try harder. We need to just trust. We don't have to behave to be right with God. We have to believe. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And in this area of finance, it takes faith. We have to have faith in order to trust in God's faithfulness to us. Look at Hebrews 11, 11, And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age. Think of that. She was 90-some years old. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful. Who had made the promise. Man. That's what I want for all of you. That's what I want more and more in my life. That I would trust God. That I would believe him. That I would consider him who's made the promise and his word. That he's trustworthy. That he's always faithful. God is a faithful God. You see. This whole thing about tithing is not about money. It's about trust. It's about believing that God keeps his word. Can I hear an Amen. So how do we learn to trust God? We learn to trust him by getting to know his character and by knowing his heart. I just want to share a couple ways that I've learned to do this through the years. Number one, just by being in the word of God. And you know this. This is not rocket science. It's by knowing the word of God, being in the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I guarantee you, that if you never pick up this Bible except on Sunday morning, and if you never pick it up and let God's word fill your heart and flood your heart, your mind, your emotions, then sadly the image and picture of God's goodness and trustworthiness and faithfulness is going to be obscured and uncertain. uncertain. But when we pick up God's word, we let it fill our heart and our thoughts and our emotions a whole new pattern will begin to emerge and will come into view. We're going to find that God has never, 
ever failed in the past. Isn't that good to know? How many of you have failed in the past? How about this morning you failed? God's never failed in the past. We're going to find that what, when God said he would do something, he did it. We're going to see for ourselves that nothing is too difficult for God. And that he is forever trustworthy and he is forever faithful. Going back to Sarah, you know, when, when God told them that they were going to have a baby and that he was going to be, um, uh, from that lineage would come Jesus. And that they would be the father and the family of all nations. Sarah laughed. But then they had this little guy named Isaac. And then God tells Abraham to take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him before God. And what does he do? He takes little Isaac up to the mountain. And Isaac says, where's the lamb? And Abraham says, God will provide the lamb. And that's exactly what God did. God proved himself faithful to Abraham and to Sarah. Then there's the, the greatest underdog stories of all time. And I'm not talking about the Chicago Cubs. I'm talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One of the greatest underdog stories in the Bible. These three young men, knowing that they'd be thrown into the hot, fiery furnace that even slew the guards because they would not bow down before the king. The furnace was so hot, but God was faithful to them. I'm here to tell you, you read stories like that, it builds your faith. You begin to understand who God is, that he's trustworthy, that he never fails, that he honors his word. So we study God's word. And as we do, page after page, Old Testament and New Testament, each page proclaims the goodness, the faithfulness, the trustworthiness, and the faithfulness of God. As we read and meditate upon scripture, the Holy Spirit often quickens our heart to a verse or passage and helps us to apply it to our current need. Eleven years ago, God was prompting me to build a new building. Things were going great in the economy. It was before the crash, but it was a, almost a 20,000 square foot building. We had no extra money in the bank. And I just felt over and over that it was time to do this. And, and I was excited about it, but there was some fear in me or dread. And I must have prayed two dozen times. And, it, and I'd say, God, if it, I'm really, I, wanted, I feel we're supposed to do this, but if this is not the right time, I'm really cool. I'm good. We can just lay this side aside. But every time I prayed, there was this peace that filled and flooded my heart. But still, there was a continual battle. And actually, I began to dread some things. And there's a scripture that I came across during that time. And it says, whatever the wicked dread will overcome them. I knew I wasn't being wicked. But anything that's not of faith is wickedness. And so I, but I just deleted wicked and said, whatever I dread is going to overcome me. But whatever the righteous desire, it goes on to say, will be granted. Now, I knew, I knew that that didn't mean that I should just desire, you know, seven, eight million dollar homes. That's not what that was talking about. That what 
the righteous desire will be granted. So I, I was walking one night. I said, Lord, okay, what is it? I know I'm dreading this, and, I, and it's really hindering me. So, God, what should I be desiring? And the Lord just spoke to my heart clearly. He talked about my relationship with him. I should desire that that would grow. I've, I sense that it meant and it dealt with my relationship with my wife, with Beth, and that it could be, should be and can be, and I should desire that that relationship would be the best possible. No, the closest thing to heaven on earth. So that was a second desire. A third desire was that, I sh- that all my kids would know and serve God. And the fourth desire was that God would bless our ministry. And so I, the, that's, it was through the word of God that clearly speaking to me that it just totally changed my heart. And, and I no longer dreaded that. And those desires have been before me almost every day. And I claim them. Those are my desires. And I'm believing that every one of those desires is going to come to pass. Because the Bible says that what the righteous desire will be granted, and I can trust him. Listen, we can trust God when we know him, and to know him is to trust him. Amen? So my reading and study of God's word has helped me over the years to know God's heart and to trust him more. The second thing I want, and I want to leave this with you this morning, and this has really helped me in incredible ways, is to simply remind myself or rehearse in my mind over and over, God's goodness and faithfulness to me throughout the years. God put me in a wonderful Christian family. I never understood this until just a couple months ago, but this woman in Twin Falls, Idaho, it has a horrible marriage, and she got married in high school. And for seven years, it was a horrible thing. And in the sixth or seventh year of this marriage, she has an affair with a married man. The whole family is LDS. And somehow, she goes to Chicago and stays with an uncle. And I'm placed in an evangelical adoption agency. And my mom, Jack and Jean Levino, are loving God and serving God and couldn't have kids. And they're praying for a baby. And somehow God puts me and positions me into this evangelical, Bible-based, born-again adoption agency. And I get adopted. Talk about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And, but I rehearse those things. I, I remember all that God has done. I remember how, you know, I told you about building this building. What happened right after we dedicated that building? The biggest crash in my lifetime. But God is faithful, amen? God is faithful. So it's important to remember. It's important to rehearse. It's re- important to review God's faithfulness to you. David said it this way in Psalm 103. With all of my heart, I will praise the Lord. I will never forget how kind he has been. The Lord forgives our sins. Praise God. He heals us when we're sick. Praise God. He protects us from death. Has God protected any of you from death? 
over and over and over again. His kindness and love are a crown on our heads. Each day we live, he provides for our needs and gives us strength of a young eagle. Never forget God's faithfulness to you. A couple weeks ago, this lady in our church, she posted on Facebook, she said something like, what do you do when you get in a slump? I don't answer everybody's questions like that, but I said, I put my praise on. When I get down, when I get discouraged, I begin to praise the Lord and thank Him for His mercies and His kindness and His goodness and His faithfulness. I tell you what, it is so important to not forget to thank God for all of His blessings. You know, the Bible says in Philippians... Not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That thanksgiving thing is so important. Because listen, if all we ever do is ask God for what we need, and we never stop to thank God for all that he's done for us, we're going to always be anxious. Right? God, God, thank you. I think we are, you know, let your requests be made known unto God with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. So at least a third of our prayers should just be thank, thanking God. Thanking God that I don't need to go to the barber very often anymore. Amen. <laughs> thanking God for all of his blessings. I started that church in Ahwatukee when I had hair. That's how what I tell people. <laughs> all of these blessings. Thank him. Thank him. God has been so good to us. My adoptive mom, my forever mom, passed away a couple of weeks before Easter. And I remember at Christmas, we went and brought her to our house. And we had a Christmas morning breakfast. And she was very weak. And I, she couldn't talk very much. And I got online and, and uh, started playing some Brooklyn Tabernacle music that she used to love. And there she was, in 93 years old, frail, and playing uh, he's been faithful to me. And my mom was just lifting her hands and praising God and just giving him all the praise. And part of the song says, in my moments of fear, through every pain, every tear, God, I'm going to praise him, the God who's been faithful to me. God's been so faithful to us. And he will always be faithful. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do is to have a top ten list. What's the top 10 things in your life that you're grateful for and thankful for? Because we're all going to go through difficult times, but God's faithfulness is going to see us through. I'd have to say that one of the things on my top 10 list right now, because it changes, is that I found my birth mom. Five years, I, I've always wanted, I remember as a little boy, and some of you can identify with this, in Chicago, we'd be driving in, on the Dan Ryan Expressway, and I'd be in the back seat with my brother, who was also adopted and had a different birth mom. And I'd be looking in the other cars that we'd be passing, because my dad always drove fast. But, and I go, I wonder if that's my birth mom. I wonder if that's, I probably asked that question 10,000 times as a little boy. Where's my birth mom? For whatever reason, my mom and dad never, 
knew the story or never wanted to tell me the story. I don't know what happened. They always said they didn't know any details except that my, one of my parents was Scandinavian and the other was Spanish. So people say, why do you talk about pizza so much? Because I have Italian taste buds. <laughs> my mom and dad were. But five years ago, my dad passed away, and I was helping my mom with her finances, and we went through the birth, through the, her safety deposit box. And I open it up, and I'm going through her, their papers, and there I find this adoption paper. And it says, Jack and Jean Lavino are um, wanting to adopt baby boy Bauer, birth mom Edith Bauer, Twin Falls, Idaho. I about fainted. The first time I, I had heard baby boy Bauer, Edith Bauer, E-D-Y-T-H-E, kind of a weird spelling, Bauer, same last name spelling as Jack Bauer. <laughs> right, I, I got, got, I'm going somewhere here. And so what do I, I, I was filled with so much so much. It was, it was it's so emotional. What did I do? I go home. I get online. Edith Bauer, Twin Falls, Idaho. And the first thing that came up was this. I don't know if we have the slide on Google. Wow. Twin Falls High School, Coyote Yearbook, Class of 1947, page 18. And I find this, yearbook pictures, Edith Nielsen Bauer, Edie, it's supposed to be, she's the secretary, girls league officer, da da da. And, and I actually bought the page, it was like $14. And now I have this page of about 18 kids from the class of 1947. And I see one that says Edith Bauer. And I go, she maybe looks like Amy a little bit, my daughter. And so whenever I even put that, I showed it to somebody who came to office. Which one of these women could be my birth mom? Everyone pointed to Edith Bauer. Problem was, I've probably Googled this. 3,000 times in five years because I couldn't find anything else for a long time. I got the picture. I don't know if that's my birth mom. I could find nothing else on the internet. I, I did everything. I went to genealogy and all this, you know, all these things. And then I just found a few more little, every, then I would find one little thing. Then I found out there was a di divorce with Edith Bauer and this other guy named Wayne Bauer and it was but anyway, I find a little thing, but it was dead end, dead end, dead end. But, you know, a long time ago, um, Pastor Ryan preached a sermon on, I think it was called um, The Power of Same. And one of the statements that he made was, if we resist the monotonous, we'll miss the miraculous. And listen, for five years... I pray, God, I want to find this woman. I don't even know if she's alive. I don't even know if this is the right one. But God, help me find her. Help me find her. Help me find her. Help me. I need to find her. I want to find her. 
to find out this answer. And, and I did this over and over. And I tell you, I probably Googled it how, almost every day, sometimes three days, to see if something else would come up. Because nothing else came up. But in a, in a matter of a one weekend, I, I talked to her. I, God gave me this bit of wisdom. And I, I was starting to look at obituaries. And I found the obituary for her first husband. And it ended up a long story. I, I talked on the phone on a Friday night to my birth mom's first husband's third wife. <laughs> and she had the phone number for Edith Bauer. And I called. And I, and I was trying to talk to her son because I knew she was elderly. And the, the third wife said, I don't even know if she's alive. So I called on Saturday and I said, is Rick there? She said, no. I said, who is this? She goes, Edith. And I said, does January 23rd, 1955 ring a bell to you? Is that significant? That's my birthday, January 23rd, 1955. No. How about a Wayne Bauer? Do you remember him? No. Maybe I got the wrong one. Who knows? So I said, well, I have this piece of paper in front of me, and it says that on January 23rd, 1955, um, baby boy Bauer was born by Twin Falls from Edith Bauer, Twin Falls, Idaho, at Cook County Hospital, Chicago, Illinois. Silence. She goes, oh, my God. (laughs) She never told anyone in her life except her daughter about a year and a half ago, which was a great confirmation. That little picture you saw, the little baby boy, she had that picture, but my adoptive mom had the same picture. All my years I saw they had the same baby picture. So I'm thinking it's either a grand conspiracy or I found the right one. <laughs> Talk about the faithfulness of God. A couple of weeks ago, I Googled Edith Bauer, Twin Falls, Idaho. Look what comes up now. This is amazing. What comes up now? Pastor reunites with birth mother after 61 years. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. When you and I recall the ways God has been faithful to us, what we're going to be doing is building our faith for whatever we may be going through. This is a great tool for parents and, great, and for grandparents. Because you know what? If you have kids or grandkids, sometimes your kids or grandchildren will break your heart. But I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. I just feel led right now for just a moment. If there's someone today in your life, a loved one that's breaking your heart, would you just stand up? I've been there. I want to pray for you. Would you just stand up? There's somebody in your life that's breaking your heart. Thank you for standing. Maybe someone could put a hand on their shoulder. God, I know that the desire of everyone who's standing today is that their kids or their grandkids, Lord, someone in their life, that if they're far from you, Lord, their desire is that they would come and find you and know you. And, Lord, we we commit this person to you right in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that they would serve you, know you. God, that you would do a miracle in their lives, Lord. They're your kids. They're, They're yours, Father. 
and you have a plan and purpose for their lives. And we ask that your will, not our will, would be done in their lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. I'm here to say that no matter what storm or trial you're going through, God is faithful. Somebody today really needs to hear this. I don't know your story, but I know that God is faithful. My wife and I have been blessed over the last five or six years to spend a lot of time ministering in Italy, being guest pastors in English-speaking churches. And that's a great gig, let me tell you what. But one of the things we've done during the week is we travel. And, and the trains in Italy are amazing, and they go through these mountains. And every once in a while, going like 180 miles an hour on these great trains, you go through a dark tunnel. I want to tell you that if you're on a train and you go through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off the train. You sit there and you trust the engineer. And if you're a believer today, the Bible says that Jesus is not only your Savior, but he's also your shepherd. And David, a long time ago, said, the Lord is my shepherd, and even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. He said in Psalm 46, speaking prophetically of God, be still and know that I'm God. And that's the word I have for you today. If you are going through a dark trial, you're going through a, a, a difficult situation, be still and know that he is God and he's going to be there for you. Can you say amen? You received this word today. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to ask everyone to close your, close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you, you have a difficult time in trusting God and, and it's really because you've never made Jesus your Lord, which means he's not your savior or your shepherd. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And let me tell you this. God loves you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. But this big thing called sin, we're all sinners, it separates us from knowing God's love and his plan and his purpose. And so that's why God sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could experience God's love. know his plan and purpose and he wants to be your shepherd so no one's looking around maybe you're here this morning and you have a difficult time trusting God because basically you've never trusted and put your faith in him to even take care of the most elementary beginning thing which is why he came and that is so that you can have a shepherd and a savior no one's looking around today you say pastor Paul remember me I want to give my life to Jesus I want Jesus to be my savior and my shepherd no one's looking around. Would you slip up a hand? That's, say, that's me, Pastor Paul. I'd love, I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Others? Say this prayer with me. Say, God, thank you for this word today. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. 
I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Live your life through me. I give it all to you. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you.